It wasn't pretty. But the Dolphins are back in club dub for the finale for the 2022-2023 NFL regular season, defeating the New York Jets by a final score of 11-6 to and punching their ticket to the postseason for the first time since 2016. We're going to talk about it here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Monday, January 9th, and it is Victory Monday here on the podcast. The Dolphins victors against the Jets by a final score of 11-6 to to push their record to 9-8 and for the second consecutive season. Yet this time, they were not left out of the dance. We're going to talk about the aftermath and what is next for the Dolphins here on Locked on Dolphins. This episode of Locked on Dolphins is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. They have a special offer for our listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. Uh, welcome back to Victory Monday. It's been a while since the Dolphins have checked into Club Dub. Uh, painfully long amount of time, as a matter of fact. But here we are. Uh, and the Dolphins have indeed uh, managed to avoid a losing streak that would have qualified as the most colossal in franchise history. It is still amongst the biggest collapses in franchise history, going, of course, from 8-3 and three to 9-8, and eight, just squeaking in with some help. The Dolphins got some magic from the Buffalo Bills, who will be their opponent on Wild Card Weekend. We made the mistake after the Dolphins played the Bills on Saturday night to drop to 8-6 and six to say, man, I hope we get to see that team again. Well, we're going to. The Dolphins uh, are lined up to play the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park, New York, in the wild card round. But hey, there's a lot of good culture and team direction that can be taken from the fact that this season is not over, and the Dolphins found a way to win a game Ugly and say what you will about an 11 to 6 final score that did not include any touchdowns and a safety on the final or final play of the game as the Jets tried to lateral their way to victory and, and upset the Dolphins. But I think about Miami and they, they largely controlled the pace and the tempo and the feel of this game. And a lot of that was with the success that the Dolphins had on the ground Running the football. Hey, that's not bad, right? The Dolphins finished this game. 32 rushing attempts for 162 yards, 5.1 yards per carry. Uh, that is a very healthy number. They had very strong performances from both Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Uh, Raheem Mostert banged up in this contest. He is among one of several Dolphins players, critical Dolphins players, uh, that we're not quite sure what's going on with. Uh, we had Tyreek Hill with an ankle injury throughout the course of the game. Jalen Waddle late in the game got taken down by a horse collar tackling, came off limping, obviously to a tongue of a low with concussion protocol. Uh, Teron Armstead did not play in this game with a litany of, of injuries that he has been dealing with that have been mounting throughout the course of the week. So um, 
there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot we have to figure out to figure out if Miami is going to have a puncher's chance in this wild card showcase against the Buffalo Bills. But I do think there is weight in Miami's appearance in the postseason. These are these are experiences that you might not reap the benefits this year the way that uh, about a month ago you, you thought you were going to be in position to do. But the fact that the Dolphins have made the postseason, this is critical experience for a team that has not played a playoff game since 2016. To log experience here, understand what this feels like, and then hopefully come back after an off-season of change, and I still believe it will be an off-season of change. There's no Week 18 victory, ugly wins against the Jets, and wild-card berths as the Patriots lose and are face-first in the mud, which you just absolutely hate to see. Uh, that are going to change that. I think you're going to see significant coaching staff changes when this is all said and done. But hey, at the end of the day, what we said at the very beginning of the season was this. You punch your ticket to the postseason, you make the dance, and you just see what happens. And we're going to be blessed with another week of football to see what happens. And the Dolphins' defense is where I want to start to give my flowers in the course of this game. Jalen Phillips played phenomenally again. I thought Jerome Baker played himself a strong football game. Christian Wilkins, of course, Zach Sealer, a lot of your usual suspects. Javon Holland. I thought the only time that the Dolphins did not perform well were when they got the Jets in third and longs. Uh, for whatever reason, Coach Boyer wanted to come out and run the uh, uh, no, no defenders in the back seven between the line of scrimmage and the yard marker to gain. And there were a couple of times in which that bit the Dolphins, and it was funny enough, Bradley Chubb had a uh, unimpeded to the quarterback on one of those to cut it from third and nine to third and four, and I said, oh, good. They're going to get out of that defense, and then the Jets false started before they ran the third and four and went back to third and nine, and the Dolphins went back to picket fence on the yard marker to gain, and they sunk beyond that, and they threw the ball underneath to the running back, and the running back got the first down, so... Um, I, I think just think there's some identity pieces of the Dolphins that they're they are what they are, and you understand the limitations. But uh, also tip of the cap to Skylar Thompson. He didn't beat the Dolphins on this day. He was 20 of 31 for 152 yards. There's nothing really superbly impressive about his performance from a statistical standpoint. But he found a couple opportunities to take some chunk gains. He found a couple opportunities to get outside the pocket and extend some plays. He used his legs on a couple of occasions, and he did not turn the ball over. This was the kind of game where if you were going to turn it over once, it's game over. If you turned it over once and you put yourself on a short field, you were going to set yourself up, in my mind, for failure because that this was a field position game for 60 minutes. We have to talk about some coaching decisions throughout the course of the game that, that made this game probably more stressful than, than we hoped it would be. But nevertheless, before we go any further, we have to talk about our friends over at Tommy John's. Winter mornings are brutal, so here's my tip for tacking the day in comfort. Grab new Tommy John loungewear and take cozy wherever you go. When you start the new year in Tommy John, you're that much more comfortable, so you can do everything better with over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews. People love Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers 
they have fanatics. Get 20% off your first order at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. That is 20% off right now at tommyjohn.com slash locked on. See site for details. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Better Help. Everybody deserves to feel their best. BetterHelp makes it easier to get started. As the world's largest therapy service, they have matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. With all the benefits of in-person therapy, it is more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. So just fill out the brief questionnaire to match with the therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist at any time. It could not be simpler. There's no waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searches for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That is betterhelp.com, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. So let's talk about the opening script offensively. And the Dolphins, you know, they, they had some opportunities to move the ball. They get in the plus territory. They get to fourth and five, fourth and six. And what do we do? We go for it. <laughs> and the Jets um, eventually stall and they do not score, but they pin the Dolphins on their subsequent possession at like the three yard line. And that to me was kind of like the good summarization of what I want Mike McDaniel to take from this season when it's all said and done and we get to the end of the year. And we're doing our post cap and our self-scouting of what we did and how we did it and what our process was. I would hope, I would hope that Coach McDaniel looks at that individual decision and says, you know what? I understand. The analytics tell me that on fourth and five at the 42-yard line, my win probability is going to be better served by going for it on fourth down. I have a higher probability, higher win percentage with the probability that I have of going forward on fourth and five than punting on the fringe of scoring range. I understand it will tell me that. But if I look at the context of this game, and I understand I have my third string quarterback, seventh round rookie starting, and the Jets have the statue that used to be known as Joe Flacco at quarterback and have are missing 60% of their own respective offensive line. Maybe I should punt that ball. Analytics, football guy, you know, the two extremes that everybody wants to pit against each other, numbers, math guy, progressive, conservative, football guy, gut feel, instinct. And one side of the fence, here's the other side talking, they roll their eyes. There's nuance to it, though. And that opportunity, I thought, was a, a missed opportunity for the Dolphins to set themselves up to, again, play a 60-minute football game by understanding what the game was going to be. As case in point, the Dolphins finished this game. Let me make sure I don't get it wrong. Uh, 17 first downs for 302 yards, 4.7 yards per play. They ran 64 plays to their credit. They possessed the ball for 35 minutes' time of possession. Bravo. But you went 0 for 2 in the red zone. 
You made several critical mistakes when you got inside the opposing 40-yard line. This was going to be a close-to-the-vest game, and the Dolphins didn't really treat it like a close-to-the-vest game. Instead, they, or at least with that early decision. At the very least, we could say Coach McDaniel got his first successful challenge, and it came at a great time. This is the second half of this game. The Jets got down inside Dolphins scoring territory um, with a fourth and one on a diving catch from Garrett Wilson that upon further review didn't have both of his hands underneath the ball. Great. The Dolphins uh, forced the Jets to punt, avoid a potential scoring opportunity. Uh, and you needed every opportunity because Jason Sanders kicked a 50-yard field goal in the final minute of regulation to take the lead. And then the Jets began the desperation heave at the end and, and had to, in turn, try to lateral their way to a win. And you get the safety, and that's how you end up with 11-6. Um, but as I think about this win for Miami, it's a lot of the same storylines, just with a different result. And if the Dolphins are going to want a different result this week, I think they're at the end of the day, they're just going to need some personnel help, and they're going to need a couple bounces of the ball. I think they would benefit from changing the way that they play defensively, but I don't know that we're going to get that. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm just kind of expecting Josh Allen is going to continue to feast on the Dolphins and get his... And then we'll see if, in the same way that Coach McDaniel versus all the Dolphins offenses under Brian Flores facilitates a change for the positive, um, if a, a change whenever the Dolphins deem that to be necessary, and I expect that to come at the end of the season, uh, would benefit and, pl and play the Bills tougher than, than what they do currently as, as they're currently constructed. But, uh, you know, this, this was down to the wire game. This was exactly what we thought it was going to be. Um, I want to tip my cap to, to Cater Kohu. I, I do not think Xavier Howard played particularly well. I thought Garrett Wilson got after him with some consistency. I thought the one catch that he had on a third down was, was OPI as far as how physically was at the top of the catch and displacing Xavier Howard. They didn't call it or see it that way. It is what it is. But the Dolphins defense held the Jets to 187 yards. Uh, the Jets, believe it or not, despite having 187 yards, were significantly better on third downs. They were 7 of 16, but they only ran 53 plays. They possessed the ball nine times, had 3.5 yards per play. Flacco was 18 of 33 for 149, and the, the Jets rushed the ball 20 times for 38 yards. That rushing defense was really the difference in the game as far as the Dolphins' ability to run the football with consistency with Jeff Wilson, including a big gainer when they were backed up. Um, and Raheem Mostert running inspired again. I think if the Dolphins don't have Raheem Mostert this weekend against the Bills, it'll be a tough loss because he has absolutely turned it on. Have nothing but the utmost respect for the way that, that Raheem Mostert has, in all of the Dolphins' big must-have needed moments, He's been a guy. He finished with 11 carries for 71 yards in this contest. And, and uh, you know, Waddle finished with five for 44, and Tyreek was two for, for 23 and battled the, in, the ankle injury. And Miami in the passing game was really largely an afterthought. But th thankfully and finally, the Dolphins win 60 minutes without shooting themselves in the foot 
with a quarterback change, even though Skylar Thompson went into the blue 10 at one point, you kind of took the collective breath and said, oh boy, here we go. It's going to be a roller coaster again. Um, they did not. And the continuity and the consistency for 60 minutes was enough for the Dolphins to finally get off the schneid, get themselves that elusive ninth win, push them to their third consecutive winning season. And I know that in the grand scale of what we thought the Dolphins were capable of this season, acknowledging the fact that they've, they've won, had three consecutive winning seasons might feel like small details, right? It might feel like a really hollow uh, consolation prize, but it's been 20 years. You know, the Dolphins 2001 through 2003 won nine, 11, and 10 games in those three seasons. Uh, and the Dolphins, of course, the last three have won nine, nine, and 10. The analogy that we made was to the Tennessee Titans, who were kind of stuck on a nine-win plateau for four years before they broke through and had 11 and 12 wins, respectively. The Dolphins' challenge is now to use opportunities like Saturday or Sunday or Monday, whenever they play the Bills in the wildcard round, Nobody that was on that 2016 squad is still around. This is a brand new opportunity for a brand new team. Everybody is represented anew as players on the team to be playoff players in Miami. What do you do with that opportunity? And if you go out and you shock the world, awesome, outstanding. I'm not expecting that to happen if we're being honest. You know, based on if the, if the Dolphins had played the Bills the way that they played them in Orchard Park the first time, and then the Dolphins bounce back and they beat the Packers and they beat the Patriots and they finished with 11 wins and they stayed healthy, you know, maybe you could say that. But, you know, I don't expect the win. But at the same time, I also don't forget how the Dolphins played them the last time. Can you find that sense of urgency? Ask any Buffalo's Bills fan, and they'll tell you, well, our season starts in mid-January. Here you are. Let's see what they are. Uh, like, how, how are they, what different level of intensity are they going to hit? And that's the challenge and the mystery for the Dolphins players, at least those who have been in Miami for their careers. They haven't had to experience, they haven't had to do that yet. So that, that's the big test for them. Before we go any further on the show, I'm going to tell you about Ultimate Football GM, one of our new partners and sponsors here on the show. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own franchise, your dream can come true. This game is definitely for you. You manage every strategic aspect for your team. You play through the season and lead your team to glory. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, and guiding your team through the ups and downs of a season. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline, so you can play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Dolphins listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the code LOCKED ON, all caps, in the game store. That's LOCKED ON, all caps. So make sure you check it out today. Visit ultimate gm.com or look it up in the app store. That is ultimate gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. So I, I raise my glass to the Dolphins for not letting 
the past five weeks snowball into this. And this was not easy. But I do think there are elements of this game that serve as a nice reminder. The Dolphins played this game without Teron Armstead. The Dolphins played this game with Lee Meikenberg at left guard. Brandon Shell went down at right tackle, so you kicked Robert Hunt out to right tackle, and you put Robert Jones at right guard. And yet the Dolphins killed the game and successfully ran the ball for 5.1 yards per carry. And they had one explosive run over 20 yards in the entire game. Think about that. 32 carries, 162 yards, 5.1 yards per carry against the Jets' front and the Jets' best qualities were on their defensive front. Between Quinn and Williams, C.J. Mosley, Quincy Williams, and Michael Clemens, and Jermaine Johnson, all these guys that they have up front. Of course, the secondary has a, a stud corner duo, but that allows them to load the box and challenge you. And the Dolphins, without both starting tackles in this game, is effectively what it came down to down the stretch, ran the ball for over five yards carry against the Jets. And it wasn't one big run that puffed it up. They consistently ran the football. So when we sit here week in and week out, we ask the team to be more committed to running the ball. I mean, Skylar Thompson still threw the ball 31 times. It's not like he didn't have his opportunities. You just know you're, you're not going to have the same chunk plays that you would have if Tua Tungvaloa is that quarterback in the passing game. And the skill set's different. The RPO, ball handling, decision-making, footwork, it's, not, it's just not the same. It's too unique of a skill set to try to replicate. So when you ask for this team to run the ball, think about this game. Think about this game. And remember, they're capable of it. It's whether or not they choose to do it. And these studs that they got on the outside, they're not going anywhere. But if you're going to play the Bills and you're going to give them everything that they can handle, you're going to need to be healthy. And I don't know how healthy the Dolphins are going to be. But I would imagine you'll have a pretty decent chance to see Teron Armstead. I don't know whether or not you'll see Tua Tungvaloa. I would say you need both of those guys and probably two of your three skill guys that are up in the air right now between Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, and Raheem Mostert for guys that got banged up in this game. You want a puncher's chance in this game, I think you're probably going to need the vast majority, four, four or five of those guys. But if you get them, run the ball. Keep them off balance. Find your chunk gains. Get in third and shorts and third and mids. I understand the Dolphins had an average third down distance that was like nine yards in this game. And they didn't have a lot of success on third downs, but they were only sacked once. And a lot of that came because the Dolphins on early downs chipped away and had success and they had some third and mids. And then I think you had a couple of really egregious third and longs because of, uh, the broadcast kept trying to tell you that, it, that a can call at the line of scrimmage was a miscommunication with Skylar Thompson saying he can't hear on the headset. A can call is a change of the play at the line of scrimmage. I don't know who needs to hear that, but apparently everybody who worked on the broadcast does. Um, so you had the snap there. 
You had the end or the, the jet to, to Raheem Mostert that got strung out and you lost a lot of yards there. Um, so the Dolphins had a couple of egregious plays that set up third, third and, and super longs. But I thought they did a great job in getting into third and mids and living in that world gave them the best chance to be successful. And they found enough success with neither of their starting tackles and their third string rookie quarterback to punch their ticket to the postseason. We are going to dig into this wild card weekend. The Dolphins in for the first time in my career hosting the show here on Locked on Dolphins. Very excited for that. And uh, we're going to have all your coverage ahead of the Dolphins and the Bills round three this year. AFC wildcard round in Orchard Park. So plan accordingly. Hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Monday. Enjoy Victory Monday. And I'll talk with you all again tomorrow.